Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Bessas Hashem, BPM number 44, that's Bais Pnimi Shia for Men Shia number 44. If you make a decision in your marriage to love your wife no matter what, and to never give up on your marriage, and to be willing to work hard, to look hard at yourself in the mirror, and open up to becoming the man you want to become, to the husband you want to become, that's a huge big step. And you need to tell her this. But when you tell her this, maybe you don't tell her right away. First make those internal changes and behaviors start like that. But ultimately, when as you are growing, you get to tell her this face-to-face, not when you're in an argument and not when the emotions are high, but to let her know that what you're going to tell her is important. It has to be genuine from the heart Real, real truth, because you're really internalizing it and this is what you want to do. That you're making a commitment to become a better husband to her. You're doing this not just for her, you're doing this for yourself because you know you need to become a better human being. And this is something that ultimately will lead, give a big reishim on, on your wife. If not now, she'll realize it later, but it needs to be the truth that you love her, and, and no matter what, you're not, a, you're not giving up on striving to become a better husband. She needs to hear it from your mouth and sense that your heart really is there too, that you're totally in, in what you want to do in your marriage. And you're willing to work on things, you're ready to work on things, and you'll never give up on it. And you say it like you mean it because you really truly mean it. And, and, and if you really do, a woman's need for security and assurance is, is, is very high priority for her. She wants to believe you. And she wants you to believe that you love her and that you'll always be there for her. But So you need to tell her this. But what's important is, especially with marriages that are sort of okay or, or less than okay, when you make up your mind to do this and you commit to her and to the marriage, re- recognize that nothing is going to change initially. And she, it could be you, she heard this stuff before. She may even be cynical. Yeah, you said this ten, 10 times already, 100 times already. Why should I believe you? You always say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then you do the same thing again. You know, you're going to give me that line again. I'm not buying into it anymore. So when she does say that, don't try to sell her. Don't try to convince her. Because she's been hurt before by those continuous behaviors that cropped up again. So you don't do it. I, this time, you're more sincere and you're real and you're taking action. Don't try to convince her. You smile gently and say, you'll see, I'm doing this. I'm committed to grow and you know, I need, I need, please give me a little time, give me a little slack. It won't take long before you see how I'm truly, truly committed to the real change. But the key really is, is not to convince her, but to be sure yourself, to put it in your head, to be sure yourself. It's fascinating. There was a guy called George Washington, Washington Carver, um, he is a person who patented 268 different uses for a peanut. Besides peanut butter, which he didn't invent, but everything else, there's 268 different ways of using a peanut that he patented. 
And he said a, a, a line as follows. He said, anything will give up its secrets if you love it enough. Now, the peanut didn't love him back. He loved the concept of the peanut. His intense, unwavering, long-life commitment to it, he decided, you got to be a little crazy to be inventive like that. He picked the peanut, zoomed in on it, found 268 different uses of it, patented it, and millions of people eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. And his one-way commitment changed the outlook of the world and the industry. Because he focused on it, again, anything you, that will give up its secrets if you love it enough. And you, the one-way commitment that he had changed things. And your one-way commitment that you have to your wife and your marriage can change your inner world, can change your overworld world, could change your world, your wife's world, and your children's world forever and ever. And that's such an important thing. You need to realize people who get divorced once are likely to get divorced again, or sometimes twice, three times. What's a common denominator? Very often, and the truth hurts, but very often it's them themselves. They need to work on themselves. It doesn't always happen that way. But someone who experiences this needs to think about that. And commitment to your wife and making your marriage worth work is much less expensive and much less agmas nefesh than divorce and alimony and child support that will increase your monthly expenses, will increase your overall agmas nefesh, your loneliness, and so on and so forth. So the key really is, is when, as long as there's hope to work through it, you work through it, and that is something to really, really, um, you know, work on hard. Because when you try to escape a marriage, we're not talking about abusive situations like we explained, but when you try to escape a marriage that just simply needs real midas correction, you're sort of giving your kids permission to divorce when they get married. You can't tell them not to do something that you did. There's no moral authority with your kids on the subject. And they'll discount what you're saying, unless they realize whatever the matzah really is, if it's exceptional. But the key really is, in general, the default mode is, is to realize that it's a working on a character. And this will lead us to a point that we're going to talk about for the rest of this year, and maybe the next year as well. And let's discuss it as, uh, to imagine you have a car. I'm giving you a car here. And it's the only car you will ever have, ever. You will have to have this car. You cannot trade it in with any other car. This is the only car you will have for the rest of your life. How will you treat that car? Would you take care of it? Would you invest in it, keep it serviced, protect it from harm? Or would you abuse it and take it for granted? How much time, if this is, you know, this is the only car you could use, how much time will you be spending looking at other people's cars online? or new cars in the showroom, you wouldn't look at it at all. Why? Because it's a waste of time. If there's no other legitimate way of getting another car, this is the only car you're allowed to have and can have, you'll learn to be content with what you have and make the best of it and appreciate it and love it. And as a matter of fact, if you took care of it well enough, someday it could become a collector's item and others will envy that car you have. Collector's cars, really valuable ones, are cared for from the time they leave the showroom until they reach their ultimate destination in museums and, um, and so on. 
The same idea is with your wife and with your marriage. If you commit to her forever, stop thinking about other women or the, or the possibility of other women that you don't have, and you just put in the time and the warmth and the love that she needs, you will be able to transform and heal your marriage and heal yourselves. And that is an extremely important aside. There's a concept called burning your ships to eliminate your escape routes that exists in your mind or in Facebook or on the other side of town where you, you are open to other things and you're sealing them off and you're sealing off other relationships where now your wife is the only source for the romantic love as you know for, for, for a, a true male-female relationship. She is the only address. And this idea is called burning ships. It what does this burning the ships phrase come from? There was a, a Spanish um, traveler. His name is Hernando Cortez. He landed in Mexico in 1519 with a few hundred men, eleven ships, and they wanted a plan to seize the treasures of the Aztecs. That they were the Indian tribes that lived there. It was a tremendous civilization then with. Thousands upon thousands, maybe even a million people. They were outnumbered by an army, uh, you know, and they constantly armies came to try to conquer them, and they always lost. But Cortez succeeded in conquering them. How did he do this? Out of the blue, as they were leaving their ships, going landing on Mexico, he said three words that changed everything. He said, burn the ships. His men thought, what, what, what burning our ships? What are you kidding me? That's suicide. He said, burn the ships. And then he said this. He says, if we're going home, we're going to go home in their ships. And with that, Cortez and his men burned their own ships. So once the ships were burned, they had no other alternative. The alternative was removed. They became committed because either I... It wasn't like either I win or I go home. It's win or I die. Win or I'm never getting home. That's very, very different. There's no turning back now. There's no alternative. There's no escape. It was a very controversial, brave, you could say crazy idea to burn your own ships that brought you here. But that created this concept in the mentality of his men to be 100% committed, sort of like until death do us part type of idea. And this is how you need to view your marriage if you want it to survive and thrive. And to win her heart, you got to burn all those ships. And the way we is, is we have these coping mechanisms because we are smart and we have a desire to survive and we need hope and alternatives and way outs if other things fail. But what happens is, is, you know, you get married, you're optimistic, you think she'll be perfect, she'll exceed your expectation. But in reality, there's a thing in your brain that tells you, you know, maybe she's not perfect, she has a mind of her own, and you realize this soon, she wants her own life, she's not crazy about you as she once was, she's not ready to have sexual intercourse and intimacy with you every time you want it, necessarily. And then what happens is, is when that takes place in marriage, you uh, you create alternatives in your mind. That's your second choice now, your escape route. 
It's called the grass is greener on the other side route. You know, that if she were to die or so whatever, I'll probably do X and so. Those are those men's ships we're talking about. And they're, 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 they're our way of coping that if things get tough, I have that escape route. If she bails, there's a full opposition, I have an emergency, um, you know, alternative. You may not think I have a ship, but if your marriage is trouble, you'll find your ship. And you won't burn it. And that's the problem. You need to burn that ship. There's no other alternative. And that will give you the focus to actually work on what you really truly need to work on. The idea of comparison is very unhealthy. Do I measure up? Do I have what it takes? Am I up for the task? We are plagued by those questions all throughout childhood. And when we become self-aware or a bully bullies you in school or whatever it is, you see there's a kid in your grade that ran faster, jumps higher, throws further. You start comparing. And you see you're golfing. You see someone has an amazing swing. You're jealous of him. Guy has a $200,000 car. You're jealous of him. A guy has a, a beautiful woman uh, with a low-cut dress and, on, and his arm prancing around. You're jealous of him. You want the best. You want what he has. And so on and so forth. And what we do is, is we paint these pictures on in the, our mind that in order for us to feel validated and good, we need to own these things. We need to have these things. We need to have visions of what other people have and bring it into our reality. Those visions become our ships that do us terrible damage until we burn them. Basically, the concept is that that men, us, men, husbands, our ships are our way out if really things get really tough. That is what we do. When so when a when a when a when a man's marriage is in trouble and he says there really isn't any other woman out there, he's lying. There is another woman out there. It could be a real woman, it could be an imagined woman. It's that ship that pulls us, that, that we need to burn that ship. We need to torch it. And, and because otherwise you'll be fishing around trying to find maybe this ship is good for me. Now, for many men, it's the litmus test of whether you have that other ship or whether you have that other thing that you need to burn. is not whether you actually had a physical or an emotional relationship with another woman. It is whether there is a name to it whether there's an ideal to it. That itself is a ship that could cause you to escape and not focus on what you really need to focus on. Marriage only works when it's exclusive. This is true. First of all, people are going to say, well, that's not true, because the Tyrell allowed before Cheyron Domaine Gershon, a husband to have many wives, so you see it's possible to have a commitment more with more than one person. Number one is, is once HaKadosh Baruch Hu put that into the world, spread through all the world now, not just Ashkenazim, but Sfardim as well. And even in the Gemara, it was rare for people to have two wives. That wasn't the Derech for hundreds and thousands of years, showing us that the Ratzon Hashem for thousands of years in the Torah based is that marriage only works when it's exclusive. One man, one woman, period. You cannot share your love with anyone else other than your wife, that one person, period. You can only love one woman at a time, and that woman is your wife, period. If you divide it and split it, 
you know, it, it, it just it just causes agmas nefesh and confusion and and terrible things. That's why emotional emotional affairs are so damaging. If 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 there is a caring there that's unhealthy, doesn't make a difference whether you physically was with her or not. You're destroying the, your relationship with your with your wife. You can't wait. You know, you you cannot have this in your brain. Even it has to be let go completely. It has to be totally burned down. And your wife senses and knows this. If she 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 senses and knows if you are flittering here and there with other types of escape routes, or where she knows and senses that you are committed to her. She could smell the smoke when you actually burn the bridge, all those other bridges of escapes. She will smell that smoke and realize you're you're here for me. You're with me. And if you don't, she'll sense that you're running away. And that is so, so important. It's common. The common thing what people do when they emotionally get involved with a woman they met at work or wherever it is, it's my wife doesn't really understand me syndrome. That's what causes it. It's that Nakuda, my wife doesn't really understand me syndrome. And we're going to talk in other shiurim on how to cope with those types of feelings. When you really feel your wife doesn't understand you, what's realistic for her to understand, what's realistic for her not to understand, what the right approach is about it emotionally, intellectually, in your neshama, how Hashem wants you to view that struggle when you feel your wife doesn't understand you. But the bottom line is, is this is very often an escape route and an excuse that my wife doesn't understand me, really understand me, um, theory gets you to the point where you just basically is an excuse for you to throw up your hands and do whatever you want instead of getting to face the reality of working on your marriage so your wife can truly understand you a lot better than she understands you now. Often, unfortunately, you know, if there was already uh, an emotional connection, physical goes without saying, but certainly even emotional connection, where it has to be transparent, the final email or final thing that I'm cutting off ties with you completely, not even as a friend, period, and out of my life, you show it to your wife, and whatever it is, you burn that ship, and you never go back there, and so on and so forth. You delete all the addresses, all the contacts, and make her gone completely, erased, non-existent. That's the only way to do that. And if you work in wherever she works, you got to run away from it. This is a story that happened a lot. With, uh, one uh, one Rav told me, Ramosha. Basically, it's an interesting thing. Ramosha, a Pashat they had certain Amunas Chacham there. This person was a simple type of a person, a businessman. That uh, that said that that was working whatever and said that he he wants to divorce his wife and because he's connected to someone at work, and Ramosha said, "Quit your job immediately, and 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 you have to leave it and you have to stay married to your wife." And he they had then an amunas chachamim. This wasn't a talmud chacham. It was a simple person, but trusted Ramosha, listened to him, and it saved his life and it saved his marriage. You cannot trust yourself never to return to a ship. The ship has to be gone. It can't just be hard to go back. It has, needs to be impossible to go back there in your mind's eye and in your wife's eye. It's not there anymore. It's closed off completely. 
And that's very, very important. And, and, and you need to burn it because of your own sake, and you need to burn it so that your wife also has clarity to realize that she's not just an option of many options. She is it. And your wife will put her energy into her marriage with you if she sees you putting your energy and focus in the marriage with her exclusively. This is not easy. This is hard. But it is a very important aside to burn those unhealthy bridges that allows you the passage of escaping into other things and into other unhealthy things where it's an impossibility, which is a hard thing to do. But you do it. You burn those bridges and there is where you see the biggest refuah and the biggest Yeshua for yourself, for your wife, for your children, for your whole mishpacha. Brachan atzlachah.